0: In Matthew 6, verses 1 through 21, Jesus shows the contrast between the hypocrite and the true disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, this surprised me when I looked it up. I was reading through this recently, and I saw there's a contrast here. And I thought to myself, um, okay, hypocrite. Hypocrite is somebody who says one thing and does another. That's the way we sort of define it, right? Well, you're a hypocrite because that's what you preach, but that's not how you live. But I said, okay, let's see what the dictionary says about this word. Do you know what the definition of hypocrite is? Actor. A hypocrite is first and foremost an actor. Actor which leads to him saying one thing and doing another, living another way. But that is not the core, that's not the root of what a hypocrite is. What a hypocrite is at his core is a performer, a pretender. The hypocrite is an actor. Now, let's read some of these phrases again with that in mind. Verse number two. When thou doest thine alms, alms are acts of compassion, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do, as the actors do, as the performers do. And of course, these are religious performers, but they are performers nonetheless. Verse 5. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, as the actors, the pretenders, the performers are. Verse 16, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. Don't be like the hypocrite, the actor. Now think about this. An actor, a performer, is somebody who, by the very nature of his profession, Requires, needs an audience. I mean, a performer can't be successful unless he's got an audience. So let's go back and let's see the audience in these passages real quick. Verse 2 Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do, as the performers, the pretenders, the actors do, in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory of men. There's their audience. Verse 5. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. That's their audience. And verse 16. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigured their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. So the hypocrite is an actor, a performer, somebody who is putting on. And a performer requires an audience. And the passage tells us who the audience is of the hypocrite, the performer, who his audience is or are. But the true disciple of Jesus requires an audience also. What? Yeah. Look. Look at verse three. But thou, when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father, which seeth in secret himself, shall reward thee openly. See? The true disciple of Jesus Christ also needs an audience, but there's only one audience that will do for him or her. And that's to know that he is in the audience, that that God is his audience. Look at verse number six. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret, and thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Verse 17. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head, meaning uh, wash with soap, actually, thine head, and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father, which is in secret and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. The difference between the hypocrite and the true disciple is in your heart. Who is your audience? The hypocrite says, if nobody sees me, what's the point? The true disciple says, I obey for an audience of one, the Father. Now, let me tell you, this is is one of the more difficult things to learn because we're all performers. We, I mean, from the time we're small, we show off, right? And we get used to showing off. And we learn to only do things for applause, for compliments, for people to see us and say, oh, that was wonderful. That's a hard habit to break. And it's also a test of your faith. I remember when I was a a teenager, and I really started to get serious about praying, and I would go up into my room and close the door and kneel by my my bed, and in the dark, I would pray. And the weirdest thing about all of that was praying out loud because for the first time, it dawned on me I can hear me, but nobody else can unless God really does hear me. You know, you go to church. I mean, you grow up in church and and you learn to pray in front of people. We used to have a prayer meeting on Wednesday night. We'd have a Bible study at the Patterson Baptist Church over here in Patterson. We'd have a Bible study in the, in the back room. And then we would break up into groups. And di- at different times, we would break up differently. But the most common way was to break up men in one room, ladies in the other room. And I remember going up into the room upstairs with the men. And, and everybody prayed. And, and I didn't want to be left out. So I prayed right along with the men. And you learn to say, come on now, can we be honest? You learn to say what the other people in the room want to hear. And you find yourself suddenly in this habit of you're not praying to those other people, but in some way, to some extent, you're praying for them. There's nothing sweeter, to be honest, than to have somebody, brand a brand new believer, come to a prayer meeting. And they haven't learned yet to pray for the group. I don't mean pray for them. I mean, they haven't learned how to perform yet. And they just say, Lord, I don't really know what to say, but I know I want you to bless everybody in the church. And I know that I, I want you to... I want you to work in my life. And and it's so, it's just so innocent. Now, I'm not trying to break any of us of any habits tonight, but I am trying to help you see, help me see as well. It is so easy to get into the rut, not just in prayer, but in everything we do, of being a performer. And that's what Jesus calls a hypocrite. Wait a minute, Lord. I may I may put on sometimes, but a hypocrite—that's what it means. Somebody who is acting, somebody who is performing to be seen of men. Now, this is not aimed at anybody. Well, yeah, it is. It's aimed at me because I want to. I want the Lord to teach me to be genuine every time I do anything. And, and I got to tell you, it is a temptation of preachers. Why? Because we're up here all the time. We're behind a microphone. We're behind a pulpit. You know, every once in a while, when I, I, and I listen to myself on the radio every Sunday so that I know there's at least one listener. And I'm just, I'm just being totally, brutally honest with you. Sometimes a, 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 a broadcast will get done. And I am tempted to say out loud, my wife's sitting right there with me. We're drinking coffee. We're listening to the radio broadcast. And I'm tempted to say that was a masterpiece. <laughs> it's only a masterpiece if God was in it and he could use it. Doesn't matter how eloquent it was. Doesn't matter what kind of stories I told. Doesn't matter. No. I'm not doing it for master, to be a masterpiece excuse me, to be a masterpiece. I'm not supposed to be doing it to be a masterpiece. I'm supposed to do it for God to use it to reach somebody. The hypocrite says, if nobody sees me, what's the point? The true disciple says, I obey for an audience of one, the heavenly father, and it's a never ending battle. It's not something you fix one time and all of a sudden, okay, now I'm all set. Now, I'm, now I, I pray for my father which seeth in secret, so I'm all cured now. No, you can get cured today. You're going to have to get cured again tomorrow. It is so easy to go through. Hey, you can go through the motions just because your wife is watching. You can go through the motions of just because your, your husband is watching or just because the kids are watching. And even though I believe in setting a good example and all that's important, when it comes right down to it, you need to pray for an audience of one. God the Father. He gives three examples here. The first part, he talks about acts of compassion. That's what alms are. Now, that doesn't mean that if you're going to do nice for uh, for somebody, you have to go undercover can't let anybody see you. No, that's you know, because then you're you're going overboard to to be Mr. Covert. You know, I, this this is a covert operation. I'm going to give you two dollars for you know, that's stupid. But it's about what's going on in your heart. Acts of compassion. The second example he gives are acts of supplication, and those are the 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 prayer section, which is the largest section, and then acts of sanctification. What is that? That's the fasting part. And and what, sanctification, acts of sanctification, these are things that bring you to greater holiness and to spiritual growth. Uh, we're not going to go deep into the subject of fasting tonight, but you fast to get your attention off of earthly things and fleshly things. I've always looked at it this way. The reason you fast is to exchange your physical appetites for your spiritual appetites. If I'm fasting and all of a sudden I'm thinking, man, I sure sure would like a hamburger. And I don't know why. When I fast, that's what I want. I want a hamburger. I sure would like a hamburger. And I try to train myself for my own response to my own appetite to be, you should want God as bad as you want a hamburger right now. See, the, the, the point of fasting, and I've heard a lot of different people give different explanations, but I think it's undeniable, okay? What did Jesus say when he was fasting and the devil tempted him to break that fast? Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceedeth out of the mouth of God. What was he saying? He's saying, right now I'm not focusing on my physical hunger. I'm focusing on my spiritual hunger. And fasting is a tool that you use to strengthen, for God to strengthen you spiritually. So it's an act of sanctification. And God says, when you do that, do it for your Father, which is in heaven. That's a hard one. That's a hard one for me. Uh, I don't know, a year or two, maybe two years ago, I was going down to the uh, committee meeting for the Sunday school conference in New Jersey, and I forget what I was fasting for, but I I was... uh, I was fasting for something, and I had been doing a uh, certain day. I don't remember what the circumstance. All I, all I know is we go to those meetings, and one guy brings donuts. Another guy brings butter rolls or bagels. Another guy brings cold cuts, and they're all in the middle of the table, and I was fasting. And, uh, like, for the first time ever, these pastors are looking at me going, you're not eating anything. What's wrong? And, uh, and But here's the thing. I was feeling it, you know what I mean? I, I was physically like, sometimes when you fast, your your tongue starts to swell up and you feel, oh, oh, boy, oh, I, oh I was tired, And uh, I as bad as I was trying not to show it, I couldn't help it. I felt like, man, I was tired and I was worn. I was just so, I had no, str- I was such a wimp. But, oh man, this is terrible. I'm fasting, I'm about to die over here. and And the bad part was, I knew they knew it. I knew at least one other pastor knew it. I knew knew that he knew I was fasting, and I thought, man, I look like such a phony right now. But then again, who cares what you look like? But make sure that when you, whatever it is, acts of compassion, acts of supplication, acts of sanctification, that you do them before God. That makes all the difference in whether it counts or doesn't count. The hypocrite is motivated by a human audience. The disciple is motivated by a heavenly audience. The hypocrite seeks man's approval. The disciple seeks God's approval. The hypocrite attempts to appeal to man's tastes. I mean, if you're trying to please man, you're going to do what makes a man happy, right? But the disciple seeks to appeal to God's tastes. Ever dawn on you that God might like some things a certain way? Sometimes, and I heard a preacher say this. I'm just repeating what he said. I heard him say it years ago. But he said, you know, I don't, I don't like the King James because of all the these and the thous." And he said, ever dawn on you that maybe God likes the these and the thous?" Ever dawn on you? I don't know if he does or not. But did, has it ever occurred to you that God may have tastes and preferences? I want to find out what those are. And I want to pursue those. Not my preferences. The hypocrite is about public performance. The disciple is about private obedience. The hypocrite is content with earthly rewards. The disciple is content with the rewards that only come from God. Now, I'm not preaching this tonight, and we're almost done. I'm not preaching this tonight because I sense a spirit of hypocrisy in our church. Not at all. I'm just trying to hone our skills a little bit. Help us to purify our hearts, all of us, beginning with me. I don't want to be a performer. I don't want to be an actor. I don't want to put on. I want to be real. And the way to be real is to do what I do, whether it is compassion or supplication or sanctification, to do what I do before the Lord, as unto the Lord. Let me give you some thoughts, and this is one, two, three, four, five, quickly. How to have the heart of a true disciple. First and foremost, visit the cross and die to self every day. You know what makes us perform for other people? Self. The desire for reputation. The desire for compliments. That's self, and that has to die every day. And it already did die with Christ at the cross, but you've got to go there and acknowledge that every day. Visit the cross and die to self every day. Not only that, but be conscious of your audience with God. Don't just pull out a wrist and go, a list and go, okay, dear heavenly father, uh, thank you for this day. And, uh, uh, thank you for my family and, uh, thank you for church. And, uh, uh, please, uh, bless this guy, 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 and, um, let's see. I got them. Yeah. Amen. No. How about before you even look at this list, you go to the Lord and say, God, you are amazing. And I am honored to be in your presence today. And you ever just go silent in the presence of the Lord? Or sing to the Lord? You know, that's the number one motive for learning all these scripture songs, so that you can sing to the Lord. One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after. Yeah. Um, say, I would feel stupid doing that. That's why Hebrews calls it the sacrifice of praise. So that you'll agree to feel stupid in order to bring glory to God. But let me tell you something. When you feel a little silly doing something, that leads to you knowing you have an audience with God be conscious of your audience with God, then, as I mentioned before, pray out loud. Now, Pray out loud is not a mandate. If you don't pray out loud, you're not praying. No, I, I, I said that facetiously. That is not true. That is not true. And, and to be honest, <laughs> well, I asked Dr. Williams, uh, I think when he was here last, what percentage of your praying every day is out loud and, and uh, silent? And uh, be honest, I don't remember his answer. I don't know if you were there or not. I remember he gave me an answer, and it was a good one. Off the top of my head, I didn't plan to tell that, so I don't. I don't remember an amount of time. I think the gist of his answer was: I pray out loud whenever I can, but then I have so many requests that I have to, you know, ride in a car with somebody, or, or I have to be with people while I'm praying. So I pray silently when I, when I can't pray out loud. That, that was the gist of his answer. But, but I don't, I don't believe, uh, just like I don't believe that, you, you know, you're praying better if you're on your knees than if you're not. Um, but I do believe it's, it's helpful for all of us to know that we're in the presence of God when we go to our knees and when we pray. It's, it's easier to be, to, to be distracted when you're praying silently than when you're praying out loud. Had to have a heart of a true disciple and not of a hypocrite. Constantly acknowledge the presence of the Spirit of God. I'll tell you where most Christians are totally missing out. Your acknowledgement of the fact that you have God, the Holy Spirit, living in you. You have this. The Bible calls him the Spirit of Christ. You've got the Spirit of Christ living in you. Did you acknowledge that at all this week? In the course of your day, did you at all at, at least thank him? God, I pray that your spirit would lead me. pray that your spirit would teach me. And there are various opinions about this, but, but I, I, I don't believe it's, it's anything wrong with talking to the Holy Spirit. Some people think you shouldn't do that. Spirit of God, show me the way. Spirit of God, I love you. Spirit of God, teach me the word. Last of all, how to have a heart of a true disciple. Talk to God all day long. Talk to God all day long. Now look at how Jesus ends these thoughts. Verses 19 through 21. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now wait, remember he was just saying that the hypocrite already has his reward, right? Right? They have the reward, he said several times. And now he ends this thought by saying, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves do break through and steal. That's not just talking about money. That's talking about the desire to be seen of men. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. To seek man's approval, is to lay up treasure on earth. To seek God's approval is to lay up treasure in heaven.